Uh, If you have your Bibles, I invite you to John chapter uh, 3. We're continuing our series, Come and See. Uh, Jesus has just wrapped up his conversation with this guy named Nicodemus. Uh, There's some transitional sections before he's going to interact with a Samaritan woman in chapter 4. But there was this teenager one time. You know how teenagers are. They're not always the most careful individuals in the world. Uh, There was a teenager. He was out in his driveway. He was playing basketball. His contact lens fell out. Now, I wear contacts, and, and honestly, that, that's a problem. When, when one of my contact lenses fall out, I can't see at all. And so this young man, he shot basketball. His lens fell out. He's searching. He's looking all over the place. He finally goes in, and he tells his mom. He goes, Mom, my contact lens fell out, and I looked really hard. I just didn't find it. I think we've all been there. The mother, now moms, you're going to relate to this. Moms, the mother, went outside and searched for that contact lens and found that contact lens. Anybody? It's like, I'm searching for my keys and where are they at? And Jennifer goes, where they're right there. Anyway, so the mother found the contact lens and she comes inside and she goes, go clean it and put it back in. Right? And the boy goes, how did you find it? And she goes, to you, it's just a piece of plastic. To me, it's $150. Right? (laughs) Yeah, motivation is a powerful tool, isn't it? Motivation is what makes us do the things we do. You know, purpose and motivation are tied really close together. Uh, the purpose of, you know, as I, I'm sitting here looking, I don't have my sermon notes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. There they are. Very good. Sorry. I chased a stick right there. So the motivation and purpose are closely related. To each other. The purpose says this is what we're gonna do. It focuses our attention on accomplishing a task. Motivation is why we wanna do that, right? Motivation is that it costs $150 to replace the contact lens. I'm gonna go find the contact lens, right? That's motivation and purpose working together. Uh, for athletes, for hockey players, I don't know much about hockey, but we got some hockey fans. And so I try to illustrate some things using hockey. But the season's starting to wrap up, am I right? Playoffs are approaching. The Hurricanes are in the playoffs, number one in their division, is that right? See, I keep up with stuff. What's the purpose? To win a championship, to win the cup. What's the motivation? Well, it could be different things. Maybe the motivation is a little extra money in my pocket, or not my pocket, I don't play hockey. But maybe it's a little motivation uh, for money in their pocket. Maybe they want their name on the Stanley Cup. They still put everybody's names on there, right? See, I remember this. Maybe they just want the notoriety of, hey, my team won. As a Panther fan, I don't know anything about this because their motivation seems to be to lose at all costs, right? (laughs) They don't seem to be motivated to do anything, but that's okay. Motivation is a powerful tool. Uh, Motivation guides us if we're fighting with individuals. Uh, Usually it's the motivation to win. My motivation when we have marital problems is to end it as quickly as possible. Happy wife, happy life, right? That's my motivation. Uh, And I tell all the couples that I, I counsel, I get the guy, I pull the guy aside and I said, hey, happy wife, happy life, right? Motivation is vitally important. Today, when we look at what's happening, it seems like an odd place to go back to John the Baptist as we've studied uh, through the text, 
But it's just a chronological sequence of events. Jesus is done with Passover. He's spent time in Jerusalem. He's had his conversation with Nicodemus. He's now traveled to the countryside. And that's kind of where we pick up our text today. So start with me in verse uh, 22 of John chapter 3. After this, Jesus and his disciples went to the Judean countryside where he spent time with them and baptized. Now, right out of the way, I gotta show you something that's so awesome to me. Jesus spent time with them. Don't you just love that? Every time you see that, it's like, Jesus spent time with people. And as we've studied through the Gospel of John, it should take your mind back to early verses, like chapter one. He came to dwell among us. Jesus, the Son of God, is hanging out with the people. He's left the big city of Jerusalem and he's not only hanging out with his disciples, he's spending time with the people out in the country. I just, I love that. Now verse 23. John was also baptizing in Anon near Salem because there was plenty of water there. Plenty of water. People were coming and being baptized. Since John had not yet been thrown into prison. So we now get the setting of the scene. There's context. There's a time frame. This is very, very early uh, in Jesus' ministry. John does something the other gospel writers doesn't. You know, the other gospel writers seem to pick up Jesus' ministry after the temptation. uh, And then they go right into the Galilean ministry. John's kind of peeling back the curtain and showing us the early days and months of what Jesus is doing. So this is happening before John the Baptist is in prison. And notice, John's still baptizing, and Jesus' disciples are baptizing. There's two ministries with the same purpose that are going on at the same time. And so verse 25, Then a dispute arose between John's disciples and a Jew about purification. So they came to John and told him, Rabbi, the one you testified about and who was with you across the Jordan is baptizing, and everyone is going to him. Now, I read that that way because that's the attitude that's going on here. John responded, no one can receive anything unless it has been given to them from heaven. You yourselves can testify that I said I am not the Messiah, but I have been sent ahead of him. He who has the bride is the groom, but the groom's friend who stands by him and listens for him rejoices greatly at the groom's voice. So this joy of mine is complete. He must increase, but I must decrease. With two ministries going on at the same time, what we see in these short verses is the proper motivation for ministry. The proper motivation for ministry. And the first insight we get is is the wrong motivation for ministry. Uh, So with the context that both are baptizing, the setting, uh, John's disciples have a dispute. Uh, Some translations use the word discussion. Uh, It literally means an argument. Uh, It's kind of like if me and Jennifer are having a dispute, I often say, we're just having a discussion. We're just discussing the terms of my surrender. That's all we're doing, (laughs) right? (laughs) But no, they're having an argument. So as John's disciples are baptizing, a certain Jew, Jewish man comes up and they get into a very heated argument. Now, we're not really told what happens. We're not told the context of the argument, but I think it goes something like this. Hey, guys, 
I see your leader and y'all are baptizing. But I'm a Jew. Why do I have to be baptized? We've talked about this. Baptism is nothing new. Uh, it is a it is a ritual that Gentiles had to go through to become Jewish. If you were a Gentile, a non-Jew, and you wanted to convert to Judaism, there was all kinds of rituals and processes, and a baptism by immersion was a part of that cleansing ritual. So a Jew comes up and says, why do I have to be baptized? I'm already a Jewish person. I'm already good. And so I'm sure that's how the discussion started. And then at some point, I feel like the conversation led to, well, guys... There's this guy down the street who's also baptizing, and it seems he's got more people than you have. This is, and this is my imagination. We're not given any context, but I think the Jewish individual probably said, is his baptism better than yours? And I think that rubbed John the Baptist's disciples the wrong way. And so they go to John. And in kind of this six-year-old, kind of whiny, complainy, Everybody's going to him. And nobody's coming to us. That's the wrong motivation for ministry. There is a real sense that um, they know who Jesus is, but that they want their leader, their rabbi, to get some attention. They want to have the crowds come to them. They want to be baptizing. And, and, and it's interesting, he says, like, everybody's going to him. Well, that's not true. They still have a lot of people there. But it is diminishing. Their crowds are diminishing. At the heart of, of this problem and this motivation is pride. The wrong motivation for ministry is pride. Not that, I mean, we should take pride in what we do. But it's this pride that says, I want everybody to look at me. And I'll just be honest with you for a second. Everybody's looking at me right now. Right? Pastors struggle with this so much. Because we have a captive audience. And if we're not careful, we can make it about us. We can make the whole ministry about, I want more people to look at me. I want more people to come hear me. And as a young man in my early 20s, when I first started ministry, I'm not going to lie to you. I wanted to be that guy. I wanted to be the guy on the stage with thousands of people staring at him and listening to him. But that was pride. That was pride. Because, and it wasn't, I mean, some people would say, well, that's, you want people to hear the gospel. I said, well, yeah, I mean, I would love thousands of people to hear the gospel. And other people can do that other than me. But back then, I was like, I want them to hear me. I wanted to be the cool, hip, funny, storytelling guy on stage at these youth camps or young adult camps. By the way, the first, uh, the first camp I ever preached was a senior adult camp. You know, my, my, my dream and my, my pride wanted to be the speaker at youth camps and the first one I ever got booked for was a senior adult camp. By the way, I loved it. And I learned something very valuable, which I was in the process of learning anyway. It ain't about me. It's about the gospel. I think musicians have the same issues. You know, they're very talented and, and they play. And, and anybody who stands on any stage runs this risk of having pride seep into it where they make it about them. Sunday school teachers, captive audience, there's that danger of making the class all about you. Deacons who are in these ministry areas of service, uh, committee chair people, every aspect of the ministry of the church has this danger of making it about ourselves, about what I want, about what I need, about what uh, what's going to make me popular and and me 
famous. I want people to talk about me and what I'm doing. And I think that's the heart of what the disciples are here. I don't think there's really ill intentions to it. I just think there's an opportunity that they need to be taught about the right motivation for ministry. So ministry is not about, and this is what John's getting ready to tell them, John the Baptist. Ministry is not about gathering people to us, to hear us, to see us. It's about pointing people to Jesus. That's the purpose. The second thing that I want you to see is the right motivation for ministry. The purpose is obviously pointing people to Jesus, but what is the right motivation to do that? So John the Baptist, in his kind of fatherly-like way, I think he gathers these guys around and he says, sit down, folks, teaching time. And he just says these beautiful, beautiful words. No one receives anything unless it has been given to them from above. The right motivation starts with the right theology. This is a very important theological statement. John the Baptist recognizes that his entire ministry comes from above. By the way, isn't that what Jesus told Nicodemus? You have to be born from above. That every every person who attended the teachings of John, every person that John the Baptist baptized and his disciples baptized were there because God brought them to him. Every gift that they had to communicate, God gave it to them. God gifted me to to speak, sometimes well, sometimes not, but I have the gift to speak. He gave other people the gift to sing, other people the gift to serve, some the gift of prayer, some the gift of service. All of it comes from God. The, The right motivation of ministry starts with the right understanding of where the ministry comes from and where the gifts to do ministry comes from, and it all comes from God. But then he tells us, Kind of the, 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 the purpose. He goes, I'm not the Messiah. My job is to point people to Jesus. So right theology, right purpose. And then he illustrates it with this wedding scene. Now, I love this. How many has ever been a best man in this in the room? Any best men here? A couple people. I've not been a best man. Uh, there's reasons for that. But I had a best man, right? So John the Baptist says that, you know, I am like the friend of the groom. That's comparable to the best man. Although the friend of the groom had a lot more responsibilities than the best man. At weddings, I go find the best man. We sign the papers and they don't do much. The friend of the groom in the Bible was responsible for just about everything leading up to the wedding. He had to plan everything. The celebration. Uh, now, I know we've seen at the wedding in Cana, there was a master of ceremonies. The, the friend of the groom had to hire that guy. He had to make sure they knew what they were doing. The friend of the groom had to make sure the bride showed up for the wedding. So he would take a pair of socks and say, if you get cold feet, put these on, right? That's what he would do. He would make sure, now understand it's a different culture, but the friend of the groom had to make sure she was properly cleansed for the wedding and that she was appropriately dressed for the wedding. He was responsible for making sure that she made it from her daddy's house to the wedding. He had a huge responsibility. And and so John the Baptist says, I'm just the friend of the groom. And when the groom shows up, when the groom gets to the wedding, the job of the friend is to fade away. Now that should make sense to us. I mean, what wedding 
is usually successful if the best man tries to upstage the groom. I'm sure it's happened. But it usually doesn't end well. Or in our culture, the, the bride is more of a, you know, the groom was more of a central focus today. Our bride's the more of the central focus. How would it be if the, the maid of honor or the matron of honor tried to upstage the bride? Now, it has been a long time and it happened before I was ever your pastor. I have seen a wedding where the matron of honor tried to make it all about her on wedding day. It was terrible. Okay. The point is, John the Baptist is saying, it's not about me. I have to fade away because the groom is here. The groom is here. For us, the best way to understand this, the church is called the bride of Christ. John the Baptist's job was to prepare the bride of Christ to receive the groom. And now the groom is here. And he says very clearly, my motivation is that I would decrease and he would increase. That is the motivation for all of the ministries of our church. That us as individuals would decrease and that Christ would increase. And because of this, there is great joy at seeing Jesus exalted. There is great joy seeing people flock to Jesus. As a church, when we see people coming to Jesus, maybe they join our church and that would be fantastic. But maybe they're joining other churches. That's just as fantastic because they're coming to Jesus. Jesus is increasing. And we, as his humble servants, decrease. A lot of times... A lot of times, ministry drift. Ministries lose focus when they stop thinking about Jesus and they start thinking about themselves. Do you know why churches around the, this country are declining? Not just in Southern Baptist life, but around the world, the country. Churches are declining at such a rapid rate, and I think the number one reason is because it's become about us. And it's become less about Jesus. Ministry drift will happen when we start thinking about ourselves and stop thinking about Jesus. When we evaluate everything we do based on our likes and our dislikes and what makes me happy and what makes this person happy. When we start increasing ourselves and decreasing Jesus, ministries will decrease. Ministries will decrease. So I challenge you with this. The next time that you are tempted, or I am tempted, the next time we're tempted to complain about something, could be in church, could be other aspects of life, I think we should ask the question, am I complaining because this is decreasing the glory of Jesus? Or am I complaining because it's making me unhappy? See, if if, if something's happening to take away from God's glory and the glory of Jesus, I think that's a value complaint. Because we need to be increasing Jesus. But if we're just complaining because of something we don't like, how is that increasing Jesus? So that's my challenge. In all aspects of life, when you feel compelled to complain or, or gripe or grumble, ask yourself, is what I'm griping about increasing or decreasing the name of Jesus? Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much.
for showing us the priority of ministry and the motivation for ministry. We're grateful for John the Baptist who came to prepare a way for you. And we're grateful that he recognized and in his recognition of decreasing, he teaches us that we need to decrease so that you would increase. Father, may every ministry of this church be about glorifying the name of Jesus. May we do everything in our power to make your name increase and ours decrease. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today. We hope that the Lord has spoke to your heart and has blessed you through this message. If you would like more information about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, please reach out to us at one of the following locations. You can visit us online at chinagrovefbc.com slash salvation or check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash chinagrovefbc. Thank you and have a blessed rest of the day.